want to say thank you take two. for taking the time to watch. The I never video. did a take two. <laughs> for those of you who may be unfamiliar, Special guest, man. my name is L.A. Earhart. I am a songwriter and hip hop artist from New Orleans, Louisiana. My passion for music developed as a little kid. Being raised by young teenage parents, we didn't have much financial resources. However, the music that was being played in our household gave us a sense of work. Those songs helped us remain rich in spirit. During my adolescence stage, I decided to pursue my interest in music after years of experiencing life-defining moments, such as gun violence, police brutality, being homeless, and a host of other challenges. Truthfully, I needed an outlet to express myself, and music was the perfect avenue. While working as a busboy in high school, I saved up $500 to buy my first piece of equipment, and I decided to skip my senior trip to Disneyland so I could afford to record my first demo. Please note, it was the feedback that I received from my community that encouraged me to spread my messages mainstream due to how they were all impacted after listening to my music. Now that I've given you a brief description of who I am by trade, I'd like to give you insight of the man behind the art. At heart, I am a servant leader that creates soundtracks to help my community navigate the courses of life. Since the age of 15, I've been committed to helping the world become a better place by hosting school supply giveaways, touring book drives, feeding homeless citizens, and mentoring at-risk youth. With that said, I've noticed how music has always been the universal language that helps me bridge the gap between different generations, cultural backgrounds, and ideologies. Most importantly, I've been honored to have many people tell me how I inspired them to continue pursuing their dreams. The reason why I continue to produce music today revolves around the fact that I have the opportunity to create change. Aiding other artists and everyday people is very important to me. From my perspective, collaboration is key. I wholeheartedly believe in paying it forward to ensure that our entire community is progressing. Once again, my name is L.A. Earhart. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Once again, y'all, that was L.A. Earhart backstory. And before we get to anything, appreciate you for coming on, brother. Man, thank you for having me. The name L.A. Earhart is that from Uptown Street Earhart? Correct, hundred percent. What made you pick that name? So I have a cousin by the name of Sadiq in Nevada. Okay, right. Um, he one of the people that really believed in me early on, just as a a person. All right. Before rap, you know what I'm saying. And he was killed on Earhart. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And that was one of the ways for me to pay homage to my big cousin. Mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, representing the city as a whole because that's a unique street. Okay. So, you know, I grew up in the Calio and, like, Earhart Street was at first Calio Street. Okay. And they changed it to Earhart Street. I didn't know that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, that's some uptown history. Um, When did this name come about? How old were you? Shit. Well, L.A. was before Katrina. Okay. Right? And ironically enough, dog, like, I got that name around the same time me and LeChucky became best friends. Okay. Right? And um, I just seen LeChucky for the first time at the Pobo Fest, like, in, since Katrina. Okay, who is LeChucky for people who don't know? Well, LeChucky, he was a, a, a hip-hop artist that was signed to Young Money. Okay. With Lil Wayne, you know what I'm saying? So right. I know him as Rashad, as Shadi, right. you feel me? <laughs> um, but, yeah, we got that. We got our names, like, in the same time frame. Okay. You know, I used to wear a... The band is like Nelly okay. back in the G. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. And, you know, they just be joking and ribbing all the time. So by my name being L or Alvin is my name, mm -hmm. it was like a play on words with Nelly and L, like L.A. Okay. That's all how right. that started off. All right, got you. Now, 
the background story video we just played, yeah, and you narrating it. A lot of things that you said in that one thing that stood out to me. You said um you were homeless at one point. Yeah, for sure. Well, can you tell us, take us through that time in your life? Yeah, so I want to clarify that. So mm-hmm. it's like, for a lot of people in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina, yes. we was homeless. So right. I, I still want that to be known right. because a lot of people overlook that. Yeah, people don't was, look at that. People just look at it as a big tragedy, but that was homelessness. That was homelessness, you right. feel me? So mm-hmm. that was one of the moments in my life where I really got a chance to see like people from out of state mm-hmm. show love and embrace. Like Dallas, for example. That was mm-hmm. the first place I ever went. And I seen someone like show philanthropy acts. Okay. And that's what made me want to start doing that as I got older. Like if ever I have a platform or get some money, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the same thing that they did for me in my time of need. Okay. What kind of um acts were there? Was it just like food giveaways, clothes, shelter, stuff like that? A hundred percent. Okay. Well, I say it like this too. So I have an AT by the name of Miss T. Okay. Right? So she like the first lady that was signed the cash money. She sound like she sell frozen customers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Red talk. That's funny. But yeah, she uh like we were supposed to be going to Atlanta with her okay. for uh Katrina, but she dipped out early, like so right. she left us. So anyways, when we went to the Superdome and had to get, you know, uh evacuated, I should say. Okay. Go to the Astro Center. We didn't have the money really to get to the next spot. Okay. So someone actually paid our ticket to mm-hmm. get from Dallas to Atlanta, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was like an act. And even, I'm going to say Tyler Perry, he's somebody I really respect because when we got to Atlanta, the actual hotel we were staying in, mm-hmm. he was sponsoring that. It was just paid all by yeah, him? Yeah, it was just paid all by him. Okay. So, that, you know, dope. as I got older, that's somebody I really, really respect. For sure. Um, th- During that time... Of tragedy during Hurricane Katrina, a lot of people talk about how was the experience in the Superdome with a, thousands of other people in there, Man, going was, through the same stuff you going through. It was scary, bro. I ain't gonna lie, cause mm-hmm. really we was on we was on Canal at first at the uh, at the Ritz. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My uncle, he was one of the managers at the time, so we just had a room, mm-hmm. right? And I ain't noticed until I got older, but it was like. It was a mixed demographic. It was white and black people up in there, right? Mm-hmm. But when it was time for them to evacuate us out the Ritz, it was only black people on the on the National Guard truck mm-hmm. that they sent to the Superdome. So you're saying they left all the, you think they left all the white people at the Ritz? And uh, the, the white people, wherever they went, they definitely wasn't in the Superdome. Damn. It was all black people for the most part. Okay. I don't recall seeing the white people, to be honest. Okay. So um, I just remember on the way going to the Superdome, you know, you saying dead bodies floating mm-hmm. and shit like that. But it was like the 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 rumors that was being not even rumors, but just the the talk. Like, mm-hmm. man, make sure you watch your kids because they raping kids up in the they raping women up in the you they know what I'm saying? People, they snatching people, and then it's dark in that bit too. I remember the super dark. Remember they had like a little split in the ceiling, like mm-hmm. on the roof or whatever. So it's like super dark in there, but you only see a light shining through on the field. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I remember walking in there, smell horrible. You feel me? Like He's shit. Suffocating yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you hearing screams, all type of, you know what I'm saying? So it was really like chaotic. Damn. Yeah, real talk. How, were there any, um, because I wasn't in the Superdome, so I'm trying to get some information. I got was you. there um, any, I guess, authority there? Like Not that I recall, bro, honestly. Like, the only authority I can think of is uh, the National Guards. When they was like trying to get everybody in, you know, like single file line, like women and children over here, men over here, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Um, was, was seeing those bodies and everything else in the screens was that traumatizing? Very. Mm-hmm. 
Very traumatizing. You know what I'm saying? It was a... I want to show you something right quick, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still think about that to the day. Here and there. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. it don't be every day, but it definitely plays a, a part in why I be paranoid with certain stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And still have certain images of seeing dead bodies floating. You know? Okay. How does that um affect the upbringing after that? Uh, how, how do, I guess, you get through it and get over that? Yeah. Um, that's me and my pops. That's I'm you? Sure. Yeah. Dang. So that's at the Superdome. Dang. That's the only authority figures I can remember. How you got that picture? Well, it was actually on the news, CNN, okay. you feel me? And, uh, you know, years later, it just was like, you could find it on Google and all that. But that shit crazy. Yeah. But your question was, like, how did it affect the yeah, upbringing after the, that? I, yeah, what was your mindset and thoughts after that? Childhood did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I still had my imagination, okay. but it was just, like, really, really sped it up, like, adulthood, you know, because it was, like, all right, boom, now we all these different places. I'm more focused on the the struggle when my mom's talking about, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? So it's not as much fun as we knew before Katrina, where it's like, aren't I got to worry about be outside playing, having fun. Now you're trying to help and you yeah, like, and shit. just like, different thought process. Got you. Now, after, um, touched on, I touched on Katrina, but I want to bring it back to before Katrina and the childhood for you growing up in the Cali. Yeah. How was that? Fun. <laughs> Amazing. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh it's a lot of lessons that I learned, especially in my section, like where okay. I grew up at on the old side, like Durgeon Walkway. That's like a lot of wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now that I think about it too, it's like my my papa, uh everybody know him as Mr. Keat in the project, right? Mm-hmm. He was like the only person that really did crawfish balls and like, you know, just really feet in the community. So he had the whole project at the crib. What? People <laughs> used to be coming over that. Like, every holiday you could think of, mm-hmm. we know we about to go by Mr. Key, Miss Sylvia. <laughs> They're going to have something on it. You dig? Facts. So, yeah. Okay. It was fun, though. But it was dangerous, too. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Talk but about the dangerous part. <laughs> the dangerous part, it was like, I say, I have an uncle that just came home. Mm-hmm. He did 22 in Angola, right? Okay. So, he was... Really kingpin status mm. during his era, right? So it was one of the moments where a lot of people used to be looking at me as like, okay, that's running nephew. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so I'd be having just incentive to be around certain people just off of that. You okay. see what I'm saying? Based on reputation. Just based on reputation. But it was like I had eventually came to my own mind when it was like, uh-huh. this ain't really what I want to be on. You feel me? Okay. And that's why I say earlier, like Sadiqi, that was one of the people that really helped me like be more confident in who I am, like believe in myself. You feel yeah, me? Be yourself. Yeah. Um, so coming in coming into your own, as you realize you didn't wanna, I guess, go the kingpin route, as you said. Right. What route did you want to go? Man, I ain't gonna lie, I always wanted to hustle. Mm-hmm. I just knew that. What like, is that? I, like hustling to me was like when my dad was. Mm-hmm. So my dad, he from out the six wall, so I grew up in the six wall as well on okay. St. Phillips Street. But it's like they both was Big dogs in the area, hustling okay. and things of that nature. But my dad showed me more of the entrepreneur side. Okay, you, you can feel hustle me? stuff other than illegal other things. than illegal things. You dig what I'm saying? So gotcha. I always wanted to be like him. Okay. Like, and mind you, my elementary, like I went to Chester. Okay, so that's like right across the street from the Cali, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember there used to be a lot of people in my class who didn't have like dads. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I used to think I was an alien in that sense. Mm-hmm. I used to be lying to people like I ain't got no dad because I thought that was cool. You feel me? <laughs> That's crazy. But 
all in all, I wanted to be like my dad, which was ultimately somebody who provided for their family, manhood, stood up, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, things of that nature, and didn't have to answer to a boss in that in that, in that perspective. Gotcha. You think, um, what you just said just now, when you said you used to tell the other um, kids you didn't have no dad because you thought it was cool. You think it's, you think, I, you think that's kind of normal when people, like, not saying, like, doing good, because, like, when people say if you get, wealthy and you buy yourself a Rolls Royce coming to the neighborhood you grew up in you might feel like I don't want to go through there my Rolls Royce because the other people are struggling and I don't want to feel like I'm stunting on them or something like that the same thing you did with your dad when you said well with the kids when you said I don't have no dad you think people down themselves because they have like incentives or more advantages than the other when they when people are in poverty I'll say I definitely think that's the case. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Self-sabotage. That's what I... Yeah. And it's survival too, though. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, because it's like, you know, sometimes when you have things that others may not have or not fortunate to have at a certain mm-hmm. time, that can make you a target for certain shit. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I say as a kid, you know, like a lot of human beings, period, I just wanted to be accepted. Right. You feel me? So being an outcast by having a dad, I mean, that, that really was like short-lived. Because he was picking me up from school every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's the ironic part about the whole thing. Like, you know, nah, I ain't got no dad. Like, who, that, who that dude is picking you up every day? <laughs> yeah. That's my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but all of that was needed. You right. feel me? Um, but now I embrace it and I, I, I realize how fortunate I was to have a pops. Mm-hmm. You know um, growing up, how important are um, childhood friends? And do you have any childhood friends from when you were small? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I still got childhood friends, like, from that time period. You know, okay. a lot of them definitely, like, you know, the I guess you could say the stereotypical role right now, which is either dead or in jail. Okay. And some of my best friends locked up right now, you know what I'm saying? And some of them are dead, mm-hmm. you feel me? So it's like, I still got a lot of friends that's, you know, from childhood, yeah. Okay, Um, our child, um, the other, the other side of that question, how important is that to keep childhood friends around? Uh, is it important at all? I think it's important to a certain level uh, in terms of keeping you grounded, right? Like, remaining true to your core. If you could have people, because the way I look at a friend is somebody that that looks out for your best interests, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, regardless, you know, like, it don't have to benefit them all the time. They mm-hmm. just generally want the best for you. Um, so I think having people around like that can only help you elevate in life. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's why it's important. But it's not in terms of just to say, yeah, I got day ones around me. But if they ain't helping you elevate, if they just, you know what I'm saying? They just, duh. Contributing (laughs) to your demise, then it don't make sense. Makes sense. Now, as soon as you pick up the water, (laughs) (laughs) I was about to get to this now. You are a businessman. You have um, several, several business ventures and things you do. Um, You bring your water here for us. Yeah. Tell us or tell the people the name of the water and how do you get your own water? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the name of the water is Elis okay. water, right? So Elis means everlasting joy. Okay. That was a term I created during the pandemic. Everlasting joy. Okay. Yeah. So basically the E comes from everlasting and mm-hmm. the list comes from bliss. Okay. So I put it together as everlasting joy. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? Now, really, this was inspired by Hurricane Katrina. Okay. Because that photo I showed you, when I was dehydrated, mm-hmm. like I was drinking the, the signees and the, you know what I'm saying? But really it was the signing that they had. 
And uh, I didn't know at the time, you know, I just thought water was water. Mm-hmm. You feel me? You know, we used to be hitting the hose pipe and all type of shit. So yeah, they ain't see no the, diff- the, the different levels of it and how right. they turn different color when you drop something. Exactly. So, you know, by me being dehydrated and then fast forward, like, you know, every hurricane season, water, like the first thing out the show. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Then when the pandemic hit, same thing. So I'm like, man, this is really a problem. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, we got to figure out how to solve it, not just for the, the world, but our people as well. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's essentially how the idea come about. Mm-hmm. And I just started doing my research. I went talk with several people, really. But I ended up landing out there in uh, Calhoun, Georgia. Okay. You feel me? And went met with the people. And, uh, yeah, they got gray water, naturally alkaline. You know what I'm saying? There's no <laughs> purification. Heavy. You feel <laughs> me? Come straight out the spring with that, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Now, when you when you got it, when it was first, um, uh, when you um first got the um bottle, what did yeah. you think when you first got the physical bottle? Yeah. The first one. It's real. Uh-huh. It's real. That's how I thought. Mind you, I started it with no money. Mm-hmm. You feel me? How? It was, yeah. Tell so, the people if you if you. <laughs> I don't mind as much as much as you can. Nah, for sure. It was one of the things where. You know, the community, again, like, I'm one that's really in the streets. You know how niggas be like, I'm in the streets, mm-hmm. but it'd be on another type of time. Yeah, I'm like, in the streets. I'm in the streets business, for, for real. real, for real. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, really giving to the people, things of that nature. So okay. it's like the community supported it. Like, when it was just an idea, a prototype, like, mm-hmm. you know, I showed it. Like, look, this is the vision. This is X, Y, and Z. And they helped the first few pallets to come in without me having to spend no money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Man, that's crazy. Now... Dude, where, where, where do you sell these at? Man, they all over the city. But I would say uh, right now what we working on, because we DBE certified. Okay. So for the business mean? owners, yeah, I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. So this advantage business enterprise. Okay. Right? So um, they say minorities, right? Uh, any Anybody that's identified as a minority could be considered a DBE. You know what I mean? So essentially what they do is they help you get opportunities like being at the airport. Right? Okay. Um, getting a couple big box stores. Yeah, stuff big like box stores. It's just a lot of assistance that they give you. Okay. You feel what I'm saying? So right now we are certified, so we certified to do business with the airport. Okay. So the only thing we just making sure right now is that our operations is intact. Oh, yeah. You know, Supply yeah. And demand. You gotta exactly. Have, you gotta have it ready when you, when it's time to go in there. Now, how do you market your product? Man, it be word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Of course, social media. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth is the best form of marketing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And actually being at them pop-up shops, you know what I'm saying? Vending, like being in the community, once again, like that's the that's the best way at this moment. You feel me? Okay. Also, I I seen, I can't lie, I seen this um <laughs> from Jermaine, the Vaku shirt, yeah, about five, six years ago. Sure. When when he when we was in high school from him, he had a few colors of them. Yeah. What is this, and what does it mean? Yeah, so Vaku mm-hmm. is another term I created, okay, right? and it means indescribable happiness. Man, you the man. You create <laughs> terms, all types. You know what I'm <laughs> I got to, man. Okay. But uh, nah, essentially the whole idea, where that's stemmed from, you know, that was at a point in my life where I was on a project heavy, Okay. right? And again, I got to give credit to my cousin, Sadiq Navarro, because that was a like a fork in the road for me, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But anyways, it was one of the things where a lot of people used to be saying, man, y'all young people just out here tripping. They, you know what I'm saying? Every generation. Disrespectful and, you know, yeah, that's what they say, every generation. Now we say that. Right. Uh, we ain't even that old, but exactly. we say, man, these young niggas tripping out. Yeah. <laughs> Real time. 
So, you know, I wanted to create a platform okay. where, you know, it was showing the youth expressing themselves in a positive, in a positive way, you know what I mean? And providing indescribable happiness, you know, whether it be through making music, creating films, just anything artistically, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that was the whole premise of it. And the shirts was really just a thing to brand, to uniform ourselves as a collective. And it was like, it just started catching on, especially mm-hmm. when I got to uh, Dillard, because I went to Dillard. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It just took off like that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's what Vaku is. Um, we still developing. You know what I'm saying? We just had an event at the House of Blues. We partnered with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's something that, you know, it's just going to continue to develop. Okay. Now, with the Vaku brand, when, when you're creating these different type of, I guess, lanes for yourself, how is it, is it hard to pinpoint on one thing just to focus on? Because I know you got a bunch of ideas in your head that you want to do, but how can you just lock in on one idea of multiple ideas and make them the best they could be? Right. So that's something I'm balancing right now, to be real with you, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to prioritize, like, what's most important to me and what's most fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Um, and also... Purpose-wise, what's going to help me really fulfill my purpose in life? Yeah, I want you to touch on it. Before you finish explaining yeah. that, I want you to touch on what you just said because that's, that's a gem right there. Um, what's what's more fulfilling and what's priority? Because I go through, like, some some of the same thing. Same thing you just saying with, like, videos, podcasts, film, other stuff in life. But you could, I want you to touch on that. Fulfilling and priority. That right there. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, prioritize, that's just a, that's a term that we get told a lot when you become an adult, when you mm-hmm. come of age, you know what I'm saying? So it's like prioritizing is what's important, right? Because you might have a situation where, yeah, I'm like, I want to go have fun. Mm-hmm. And nothing wrong with having fun, but is going to the club having fun mm-hmm. for you right now? Is it worth, you know, uh, sacrificing reaching your ultimate goal in life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that ties into both of them, the exactly. priority with, you know, fulfilling purpose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what was the original question, though? Because I know you wanted me to go back to um, Balancing everything and trying to lock it on yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, so that, like I said, that's something that I'm balancing because for a long time, let's say with Vaku, prime example, once the merchandise started to take off, it was like I started taking a seat back with the music. Mm-hmm. So people was looking at me like I was a designer. They like, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they thought my name was Vaku, you know what I'm saying? All <laughs> type of stuff. And the money was coming in, but okay. it wasn't fulfilling. Right. Like I had to tell my business partners, I'm like, I promise y'all, I'm not in no way intended to mess up what we got going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm not fulfilled because people looking at it at just the next clothing line. Right. You feel me? And that's not the vision for it. Like mm-hmm. we want to create a harmonious community, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, overall, and you ain't going to get the vision by just wearing the shirt. Okay. So I started prioritizing. Let me put this focus, concentrated focus on music, right? Because I found my purpose in music a little later mm-hmm. in life. But, um, yeah, once I started seeing how that was really in- inspiring people and touching people, I'm like, I'm going to prioritize this. And now a lot of stuff have been manifesting since I've been doing that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you put... The Vaku brand profit um, a little bit to the on the back burner because it was profitable for you the shirts and the brand yeah. to do to shift to the music. And we've been doing this interview for about twenty minutes and we didn't even touch on your music. Yet. So <laughs> yeah. this is a lot about you as an entrepreneur. For but, sure. Um, before we get to the music, I also want to talk about 
Well, I guess this um swaying into the music. Cold Drink Records. That was the email. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, Cold, Cold Drink, Drink Records. Cold Drink Recordings. Okay. So uh, that was something that was created in 2020, okay. during the pandemic, you know what I'm saying? And that was actually when me and my cousin, Trey Lano, he's a super producer. Okay. And when I say producer, Who? not just Trey Lano. Who is that? Right here. This you? Yeah. Stop it a cow. Put your face, put your head in there, you hear me? Say what's up, bro. <laughs> okay. So yeah, man. Um, you know, that was created. We had did a project All right. uh in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Right. And um like we've been around each other, but All we right. never worked with each other. You see what I'm saying? Well and, he is younger. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and we family. So just like when he was sending me them tracks, I was just in the in the studio one day and drinking water. Okay. You feel me? <laughs> and I kinda like Cold Drake. That's how I came, right? But mind you, we was looking for a name already. Shout out to my business partner, Ryan Davalos, right? Okay. I met Ryan at Dillard. And, you know, that's, like, you know how they say uh, uh, Big and Puff, fucking Nip and, and Black Sam, like, that's my dude like that, you see what I'm saying? Okay. But anyways, he always say, man, I want I want to start a label, mm-hmm. but we need a catchy name. So that was always a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it just came out like, what is the most authentic New Orleans, like, refreshing brand? You know what I mean? So it just came like that. Because up north, west coast, you know, right. they call it pop, right. soda. Right. When you say cold drink to people down there, they be like, what you mean? Everything a cold drink. Right. <laughs> like, you they get know what we they, talking about. You know, they'll be like, y'all tripping. Now let's get to this music because you sent you sent me your um media thing, uh, I guess you sent the video background and also a page full of it, and it said you've been doing music since 2013. Now that's about to be going on 10 years. What is the purpose of doing music, and what drives you? Yeah, that's a great question, brother. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so it's like. Really, I've been doing music before that, mm-hmm. like in terms of just living. You All see right. what I'm saying? Because to me, that's what it is. Music is life. Right. Life is music. But um, like 2013 is when I said, man, this is what I want to do. Okay. So I wasn't a professional at that time. I was really an amateur. You see what I'm saying? But that's where it starts for everybody. That's where I start. You know what I mean? Because like I say 2016 is when I really started. You feel me? But 2013, yeah, that was just my start when I had my first mixtape. I had, like I said on the video, everybody was telling me, man, come on the trip. Hell, you tripping? This is our last year. I'm like, your trip, y'all. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I can't do it. I got to get this equipment. He he skipped Disneyland yeah. for um to record his demo tape. And it, that's crazy because when you said demo, I said, damn, this is like 2002. So he said <laughs> yeah. demo tape. Real talk. You spent $500 on your demo. How many right. songs was it? It was... 13. Okay, that was, 13 you got your money's work. Yeah. All right. Um, how was your how was that recording? And what year was it? Uh so yeah, that was like 2013, 2014, something like that. Cause okay. I know it was going into my senior year at 3-5. Okay. I went to 3-5, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And uh really even that, the whole Disney trip is what inspired the website name mm-hmm. and the whole idea of Vaku Land. You know what I mean? Okay. Because I made my classmates a promise. I'm like, I know I ain't going on a trip, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make it, and I'm going to bring all of us on a trip. You see okay. what I'm saying? That was something I said back then, and okay. I'm still going to do that. that Hopefully, I have my work. people. I will. Mm-hmm. You dig? But, um, yeah, so that was something that I did back then, mm-hmm. and it was really just for me to express myself. Like, I remember telling my positives what I wanted to do, and he asked me. He like, so what's your goal? What's your vision with it? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I never wanted my music to be about me. I used to be like, long as I can 
live successful. I used to use currency, you know, spit it as an example. Mm -hmm. Like, man, as long as I can walk down the street, people know what I do, mm -hmm. and I can just live successfully, do what I want, then I'm cool. That's then, cool. That's how I used to be like that. I don't mm -hmm. want to be on no covers. And currency is super successful. Right. Uh, the average, when you look at other rappers who don't like billboards and magazines, stuff like that, you don't think a currency like that, but he's a super successful artist. 100%. And lives comfortably. 100%. <laughs> okay. Now, awesome. 100K streams. Yeah. What was that um, feat like for yeah. you? Man, to be real with you, mm -hmm. it's like fruit of your labor come when you just keep planting the seeds. Mm -hmm. So that's really how I look at it. I go lie. When I seen the, the kit, I'm like, damn, at 100K? It don't feel like it, but it's just like <laughs> over time, I it's, it's like I feel my impact is bigger than the streams itself. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's cool. I'll never be like, nah, man, I appreciate right. every single stream. Mm -hmm. You feel me? But uh, yeah, man, that's where I'm at with it. Um, What does it feel like? <laughs> from, from your impact? Yeah. How many streams does it feel like you have from your impact? Shit, I can't even quantify it, bro. I'm keeping it real with you. Because it feel more than 100K. Definitely. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I said like this. It's a House of Blues, once again. Yeah. We just had that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was spending time in Dallas for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I was getting a lot of love out there. And sometimes, no lie, I have like a second thought about New Orleans mm -hmm. as far as, you know, we get the whole Mansa Crab in the bucket mentality down All the here. time they get that. A lot of people say that. Exactly. And uh, we too cool for stuff. So coming back, I'm like, man, I don't know if they're going to come. So I'm like, as long as I can get at least 50 people to come, I'm cool. But mm -hmm. we doubled that, tripled that. You see what I'm saying? Like in terms of the sales. So I'm like, all in all, it shows me that the support and the impact is there. And like we said, not even just from the music. Mm -hmm. It's just people rock with me just for me being me at the end of the day. And that's bigger than that transcends music. Okay. I want to ask you this. Do you prefer the streaming era or the back then era, the physical uh, copies era? It's funny you say that because uh, I got a release party mm -hmm. on the foot, right, at Peaches Records. December? December 4th. Okay. Yeah, and we're going to date it. So December 4th, 2022 <laughs> okay. at Peaches Records, right? <laughs> and for those who don't know, Peaches is a very historical and prominent uh, record store here in New Orleans. They okay. really help put the music scene on. Where, where is it located? Well, originally it used to be in Gentilly. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That was the original headquarters, but now they are magazine, Uptown. All right. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's like, it's a balance between both. I, I rock with the streaming. In terms of like, it's perpetuity, it's long term. Right. So no matter what, people are gonna be able to go back and listen to it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't like the payout. Mm -hmm. You feel of course. me? The payout <laughs> is horrible. It's like they reset the game, and now they give you pennies on the dollar again, like the it's dollar. the fifties. You know what I'm saying? So, but on the physical side, like for example, I know this time around, what we about to do, we about to hit a thousand copies sold physical within the first week, and we actually gonna be on Billboard. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's the goal with this upcoming project I got coming on the 4th of December. Okay. Um, how do you feel the music game from the early 2000s, even even mid-2000s? Yeah. Because we've seen a change in the music game, I would say, probably about about when you was graduating, about 20, 2013-ish, 14-ish. Mm -hmm. That's when it started 
really changing to like the heavy streaming. With that, how do you um see the game, the music industry right now? What is, I guess, some advantages and disadvantages for our artists? Yeah. It's uh, a great question. I mean, it's like we got a lot of advantages now mm-hmm. because it's way more endorsement deals. You feel me? Uh, there's more avenues for us to build our own base, mm-hmm. you know, directly. You know what I'm saying? Versus back then, it was really controlled mm-hmm. one way. Like, if you didn't go to a label, yeah. it was hard for you to get your music out. Right, like having a label deal back, that was like a big thing. Like, yeah. oh, you signed? God damn, you gone. You out of yeah, here. Right, right. <laughs> now you signed. Now you like, you. they bought a bunch of artists who signed you don't even know about. Right. That's crazy. But I go front. It's still a, it's still important, I mm-hmm. think, uh, to a certain degree, as long as you mm-hmm. got your business in order. Because right. when we think about the icons, some of the top people, you know, within music history, mm-hmm. all of them had a major label machine behind them. Yes, right? of course. Michael Jackson right. to be one. Ooh, sorry about that. Boy, Damn. Ty. <laughs> <laughs> I, Ty. I used to get up at 4 a.m. Damn, man. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah, Michael Jackson, who? Prince? Even even now, Drake, Kendrick, all yeah, of man, them. Man, the biggest artist is signed. Like, exactly. Like, they, I hear a lot of um artists. Which they in the industry, they know, of course, they know more about the industry than me. But to get, like, to a certain level, it almost seems like you have to be signed. Like, the biggest independent artists, I don't know. I don't know too many independent artists, but I can I know they're not at Drake level or right. close to it right now. Right. But why are we talking about the biggest artists? Who do you think um the biggest artist is from the past... 40 years, top five. Past five. And that's any genre? Any genre. Okay. Beyonce, for sure. She up okay. in there. Uh, and let me ask this, matter of <laughs> fact. Are we talking, <laughs> we talking sales? Cause no, we talking you, your top five biggest artists. Who you would be, because if we go to sales, you could just be Michael. I was about to say, you could just say it. <laughs> right. yeah. You could just, the biggest ones. Right. Who you prefer. Okay. Who I prefer. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a great question. Now, uh, Cold Drink Records, if you had to sign five of them <laughs> from the past 40 years, who you picking? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Drizzy for sure. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He just, uh, he know what he's doing. Undeniable right yeah, now, bro. he know what he's doing. <laughs> uh, I'm still going to go with Beyonce, too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Her, her, her fan base is just ridiculous. Okay. Like, I, I really haven't seen no cult following like that. Shit, you better... Well, I mean, you know they got Nicki, they got other people. I was about to be like, more negative cult vibe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> they yeah, crazy, yeah. them. <laughs> nah, but go shit. ahead. Uh, that's two. That's two. Uh, I got to go with Pac. Okay, Pac. You know what I'm saying? You seem like you listen to Pac yeah. when I hear you. Smooth talker. For sure. Okay, Pac. <laughs> Pac, for sure. Uh, and you know his his impact again. He's just one of the people that transcend music. Yeah, he like he like probably Steph Curry of music. Like with his impact, with Steph Curry threes. Yeah. Like he changed the NBA. Pac impact, bro. What he said in his music, it's just like he opened Buku eyes. Right, the shit. Real talk. Um, I go with James Brown. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Like he really had a fearless approach. Mm-hmm. To how he, you know, expressed himself. Okay. And I just think that, you know, you still need somebody who's just 
authentic yeah. but able to cross over as well. Of course. You know what I'm saying? He even inspired Michael Jackson. Yes. You know, and me and Mike got the same birthday, so that's going to be my fifth. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Mike, James Brown, Beyonce, Pop, and Drake. So, you got a mixture of from all the way back from James Brown to Mike. Yeah, you mixed it up a lot. I like that. Mm-hmm. I ain't mad at that top five at all. Now, I'm going to um, ask you. I'm going to ask you a couple questions of this or that, uh, who you choosing out of these people now. Music, and musically. All we're going right. to go 50, 50 Cent, uh-huh. or Kanye West. Kanye. We're going to go Jay-Z or Drake. Jay. <laughs> okay. We're going to go Nas or Tupac. <sighs> yeah. That's hard. Okay. I ain't going to lie. That's hard for me. Um, musically? Uh-huh. Still hot. Uh, These guys were actors too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, we got them tripped up on this one, <laughs> yeah, y'all. Pac and Nile, we got them tripped up. Yeah, because I ain't gonna front. Look, at one point in time, dog, I really wanted to be like Nas. Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wanted my name to be sincere from all belly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all that. Nas was my dude. But um, I don't know. I, I still say I got more of a connection. With Pac overall. Okay. So I'ma just have to roll with Pac. Okay, we're gonna go West Coast or East Coast music. Mm. Prominent mm. West Coast figures. We have Tupac. Right. They got Snoop Dogg. They got the Dre. Um who who's else in West Coast? They got um Game, Kendrick. Kendrick. Um Cube. Yeah, Cube. Can't forget Cube. Easy E. Right. Um and it's our lab. Uh, the East East Coast J, Fifty Nas, um, yeah, they got a bunch of people. Ah, it's crazy, dog. Cause like Snoop is another one. I know I said this earlier, like about Spitter. Yeah, uh, my mindset changed from that time point is what I'm trying to say. So okay. Snoop is now like a, a aim that I want to reach. Snoop is like a brand. He's he's, a, not he's even, the ultimate brand, right? Like when you think of Snoop, like people nowadays, some. New people probably don't even think Snoop like Do music. music. Exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. He's everywhere. Cooking shows, wrestling, all type of stuff. Right. I'd be like, damn, Snoop the man. So bro. that's my goal to okay. be like Snoop in right. that regard. You feel me? Um, but I'm going to have to go to the East Coast. Okay. Just uh, the fact that I'm more of a lyrical-based artist. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I do love the West Coast, too, because that's basically what the South is. Like We merge both of these sounds together. I was just about to ask you about you that, me? too, because I feel... Just my personal opinion, mm-hmm. the South music gets overlooked, mm-hmm. especially from the East Coast. Um, I think they, don't, I think the South doesn't get enough credit in, when it comes to the music because with the mass, the no limit and the cash money, I think they really like push the new wave onto the music scene and show people a different way. Do you feel that way as well? Yeah, I mean, I think the respect have grown mm-hmm. since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's still like a thing like Big Brother, Little Brother, you feel me? Because, you know, New York, they started it. So right. they're going to always feel like we the ones, you right. know what I'm saying? So it's all good. But if we check the stats, we know what it really is. You I, know what I'm th- saying? I think it's all getting more um, credit now because of how right. Atlanta been dominating. Been, yeah, been just killing it right, right. now. Um, with some um, prominent South artists. Mm-hmm. Who gets a lot of credit in top ten debates, top five debates? Who always pops up? You know who I'm about to say? Wayne. No. Top five. 
Top five, top ten. Well, Wayne get in the top ten. A lot of right. people overlook Wayne for the top five, but top five. You got a three K. Oh, Andre three thousand. Man, he gets overlooked. He, uh, well, he he's one of the only people who don't get overlooked. Oh, I see what you're saying. Who? All right, I get the question. Now. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the person who don't get overlooked for top five. Yeah. When top five conversations come up, his name is in there. Why do you think Andre three thousand stands out? Because he's the greatest. Okay, real talk, like. That's my dude, for real, for he real. He didn't make your top five artists, though. No, he didn't. Uh-huh. And the only reason why is because he don't produce a lot. Right. You feel me? So okay, at the yeah. end of the day, it's a music business. Equality over quantity. Definitely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, we were just talking about this in the car because mm-hmm. he, he mentioned uh, he was running the, the Kid Cudi album to me. Okay. And we were talking about, I'm like, man, he always on that on that space vibe. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And which I respect it. And then uh, what you said, uh, Tra- Travis Scott or something like that, like get it from him. Kid Definitely, Kitty. you know Travis right. from Kitty Kid. I was about to say Kitty Kid and yeah. Kanye. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to make both their names. But I was like, before them though, was Three Stacks. Okay. Three Stacks was the one who introduced yes. the whole space vibe to yeah. everybody. You dig? Yeah. So um, you know, I love Three Stacks. Honestly, like artistically, mm-hmm. I feel like hip hop wise, nobody could touch him. Like okay. his skill set is just ridiculous. Like yeah. I'm talking about, I think he better than Jade, whoever you name. Orthodox, yes. lyrical. He yes. could drop some bangers for you as well. He could do anything. Yeah. Now, let's get more to your music because yeah. we talked about a lot. We talked about some of your favorite artists, uh-huh. stuff you prefer, music you prefer. When you in the studio, how are you making your music? It depends. My bad, brother, but it depends. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, sometimes I just go off the hip, like, have I feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's other times when I want to be more introspective and, like, sit down and write a story. Okay. You feel me? But for the most part, I like being by myself. Mm-hmm. I like to be just with my own thoughts, and because I engineer myself, I'm working on mixing my stuff. You feel okay. me? But in terms of just like being uh, expressive and creative, like I just allow the music to just talk to me, and I repeat what the music telling me to say. I, I just um watch the baby vi- um interview. Was it? I don't. Know. I don't want. I forgot which interview was it, but he said he likes to be in a studio alone. Yeah. He said when his father's in the studio. He, he just wait till they go to sleep and start recording. Yeah. Uh, he just tell them get out or some shit. So right. what what is being isolated? What does that do for artists? Uh, what it do for you? Yeah, I about to say for me, I don't know if it was like my upbringing because for the most part, I grew up as the only child. Okay, so I'm the oldest of six, but I still grew up like with me and my mom just being the only you know or mm-hmm. whatever. So I'm used to being alone in that regard with my thoughts and just being creative. Okay, but then once I started recording, I guess it was like. I literally had GarageBand, a microphone, and I was just inside of a closet rapping. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So that was like the essence of me expressing right, so myself. So that's how you started. So that's how it is now. It's just, exactly. It's just a pattern now. Yep. Okay. Um, when when you hear certain songs that you make, yeah, does every song you make, you be like, oh, this motherfucker the one. Is it right here? Uh, sure. A certain song. <laughs> Everyone? Everyone. <laughs> like, I don't look at it from a commercial standpoint, like, or oh, just about to hit the top of the charts. Right. But I, I say it's the one because I created something. I mm-hmm. produced something. So I'm like, I'm proud of what I created. Right. Yeah. Okay. The certain songs impact you differently than others. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, for sure. Does it, um, how? Does it take you back to certain moments in your life, certain thoughts, or just? Yeah, like I said, sometimes it's songs where uh, I've learned more about myself. Mm-hmm. 
you know what I'm saying? Versus it might be a song where I'm just popping my shit. You mm-hmm. feel me? Um, for example, I know I've been spoken, speaking about my dad. I spoke on him earlier, but it's like he passed when I made 21. Okay. Right? Sorry about your loss, bro. That's all good. So he was one of those people where, where when his passing happened, for a lot of people, it could change your world either for good or bad, however mm-hmm. you take it, right? So it was one of the moments where um, that was the first time I considered therapy. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But I realize now how horrible it is in New Orleans mm-hmm. in terms of not no access. There's not really much access to, you know, proper healthcare with mm-hmm. mental health. So anyways, this is how I found my purpose because when I was going to clinics, they're like, well, you're not qualified X, Y, and Z. So I had to fall on music. You're not qualified for what? To so get it was therapy? Like, yeah, because it was one of the things where a certain insurance companies that you would, a certain insurance providers, or you don't have the money to pay for it. And I didn't have the money to pay for it, to be real. Okay. So that's where, the mon- that's where the music came in that. Mm-hmm. And I was just writing so much stuff, and it was like, I'm literally dissecting, oh, this is why I start getting in depressive phases, because mm-hmm. when I'm not um, creating, I start second guessing, and then all these type of things or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I have songs of that regard that help me really learn who I am okay. that impact me. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how I found my purpose with it. That's crazy. Music is therapy for a lot of artists nowadays and throughout the history. What um little um question for what, what was the therapy prices? Man, I can't even tell you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause at this moment it's like mind you, I have done therapy since then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was just something for me to like learn coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Uh hold myself accountable, like just seeing patterns that I've been doing or whatever. But uh, I say the, the 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 therapist that I've been seeing as of late, her name is Dr. Jones, mm-hmm. right? And her prices are pretty reasonable. She go okay. based off of what you could afford. Okay. You see what I'm saying? But it don't feel like she's shortchanging you because whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, yeah. How, how long have you been in therapy? Uh, since the top of this year. Okay. The top of this year. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question because people on movies and TV yeah. shows, they see the therapy sessions on there and it's with the, the therapist with the notepad yeah. as you're talking. Yeah. Yes, they write more. Is it like that in real life? Uh, it may be for some people because mm-hmm. uh, I've talked to some of my partners who done therapy as well and mm-hmm. they explain the experience to be like that. Mm-hmm. But mine wasn't. It's like I'm talking to my big sister or okay. something. And she just like, well, you say this was your goal is, but you know you did this, right? And right. that kind of goes against it. So it's like a, a healthy tool mm-hmm. where you just talking out and you realize stuff on your own. Like, oh, that's why I do this or do that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's bringing stuff to the forefront. Okay. Um, and it's just ironic, though, because I didn't even plan this, but it was like my first project I was telling you about, the demo. Mm-hmm. The name of it was Dear Diary, mm-hmm. right? And when I go back and listen to it, it'd be <laughs> like, damn, it's talking about venting and things of that nature because I needed an outlet as a 16-year-old or whatever. So That's crazy. Now, you have, you say you have a project, well, release party, December 4th at Peach Records. What yeah. is the name of the... Peaches. Uh, great Habits, Great Heights. Great Habits, Great Heights. Yeah. What inspired this name? So, you know, it was one of the things where, again, wanting to reach my full potential, get into the next level mm-hmm. of life, right? But I knew I couldn't be doing the same things in order to get there. Like, I had to change something about it. Mm-hmm. And then I read this book uh, by the name of Atomic Habits. Okay. Right? 
And when I read that book, that really s- switched my whole perspective. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And um, it inspired the name Great Habits, Great Heights because I had just moved to Dallas. You okay. feel me? I'm in a new environment, uh, working out every day. You know what I'm saying? Get my protein shakes on, <laughs> all that. You did? Drinking them like, green beans. You feel me? <laughs> Feeling good. So it was like, you know, that just basically what inspired it. And like I said, the goal for this project is to make it on Billboard charts. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole campaign of just showing, like, once you change your mindset, mm-hmm. create great habits, you're going to reach ascend to great heights. Okay. Um, with the music industry nowadays, I always like to ask every artist this question. Mm-hmm. It's always back and forth between artists and labels, artists and labels, especially with labels telling artists when and, when and where to drop the projects and how to drop it. We want it right here. A lot of pushbacks. And artists always be like, after they sign and get their advance money, a couple years down, man, don't sign no, with no labels. They doing this. They holding me back. What's your thoughts on the conflict between labels and artists? Uh, I feel, from what artists, we need to do our due diligence mm-hmm. and learn the business. You know what I'm saying? Because I come across too many artists who just don't care right. about it. And then when they get in the situation, they won't blame everybody get hostile and this and that, but it's like, bro, you did it to yourself at the end of the day. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it doesn't really justify the, as they say, the predatory uh, nature of the labels or whatnot, Uh, but they're going to do what you allow them to do. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I just put it on us to say, man, learn the business. Mm -hmm. The talent is important, but it's not as important as the business side when Mm -hmm. it comes down to the music business. The industry, so yeah, I think it could be resolved if we just take our time to learn the business. Um, is is the advance worth it for for that though? Because some people on the flip side might be like, "Hey, you getting yourself a two hundred thousand dollar advance? You getting a chance to have to make more money with shows?" So, right. all, I'm sure labels be like, "Hey, y'all getting the show money? Y'all getting a couple of endorsements?" Y'all shouldn't be worrying about this streaming and all the long-term money that's going to be coming in. What's your thoughts on that? I think it all depends on your situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can't speak for everybody deal, Mm -hmm. but I would say uh, like some of the top people that we talked about, the Mm -hmm. Mikes, the um, Drakes, even Kanye. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm to assume, make an educated guess, (laughs) a lot of them probably had fucked up deals in the beginning. Right. But it's what they did with it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Um, so it's like, you know, a lot of people want to be prideful, like, man, I ain't done that. Mm-hmm. But if, if if it can help your situation and you got a plan on how you're going to move, buy yourself out of the contract, whatever, mm-hmm. then move accordingly. But if you don't have to go that route, power to you and don't go that route. You feel me? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, just your personal thoughts on labels and what's your opening Will you be open to signing to a label? And what will it take for you? I definitely partner with a label. Okay. Like I said, just me analyzing the game. Uh, like I told you, I want a, a bigger brand presence mm-hmm. similar to Snoop Dogg. And it was a major label that pretty much helped him get to that status, mm-hmm. right? Um, it'll just have to be the right terms in terms of like me owning the material mm-hmm. that I created. 
Um, Cause I don't have a problem breaking bread with somebody who putting money behind me. That's right. business. You feel me? Like right, that you know, only makes sense, right? Yeah, <laughs> that needs to be one of the whole pie. You ain't put no money right. on nothing. You putting money behind you, right. you won't take everything. You right. want all the money. That's not a good business deal, right? You know That's like somebody giving you a loan, you won't pay nothing, nothing back. back. Yeah, <laughs> like it's nah. a gift. But I definitely. That's why before I complain about it, mm. I rather figure out and do the work on um, building my leverage up. Okay. You feel what I'm saying? That's why, again, this project right here is definitely the start. This is like my reasonable doubt year. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's why when we do this thousand copies in one week, it's okay. going to make a big impact because, you know, in this streaming era, that's not really what people are doing these days. You All know right. what I'm saying? And coming from New Orleans and the upcoming artists, you know, that's a big feat. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Now, you are, you are adamant in... Definitely for sure on these thousand copies in one week. Yeah. What makes you so confident that you're getting that done? So, for one, okay. it's called having faith. Okay. Right? But secondly, I'm already seeing the pre-order numbers. All right. You see what I'm saying? So, I already know we're going to make it there. You know? <laughs> it's just like, I put the work in for so long uh-huh. to where, again, I was planting the season and a lot of the the uh, the fruit are bearing now. You know what I'm saying? Out. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, what can... The fans expect from this project, though. <laughs> you, you, they pre-ordering. What can they expect? <laughs> what? Nah, I laughed at him because it was like when we first. This was a minute ago. He asked. He be always asking me questions like this. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready for the uh, for the interview. <laughs> that I said, but really, man, this this project is very smooth mm-hmm. and inspiring at the same time. That sound like your personality, brother. Yeah. I, I gonna <laughs> side note when I hear you on Instagram, yeah. you be talking. I be like, this nigga too smooth. Yeah. Like no way your voice is like that, but your shit really like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that's uh, you know, that's that's what they can expect, and just having okay. fun, mm-hmm. you know, and really don't expect anything at the same time. Okay. Right, because that's why I rock with people such as Ye and uh, Three Stacks and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Because you can't just box them in as one type of artist. Right, you feel me? So, um, so yeah, just expect the unexpected, but it's still gonna be smooth and inspiring. Is it something knocking? Um, roll my windows down to the cruise at night. A hundred percent. Okay, that's, that's all I need right there. Then, and cause... you can ride around and get some money to it. Okay, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of different combinations. Just a gumbo. All right, gumbo like New Orleans. I want to talk about. More, 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 more and more of the music industry. Yeah. Because with certain artists, it's a bunch of fiascos in the music industry. It's yeah. so much stuff going on right now. But I want to talk about, on a more serious note, artist debts. Mm. We just had another one. Well, I don't think that's hip-hop related, of course, but it, rest in peace, take off. He's an artist. He rest just passed peace. away, but. Artists being killed in the hip hop industry. I ask, I like to ask each artist this as well because y'all are artists. Y'all are, y'all strive to be in this music game, and it happens a lot to rappers and hip hop artists. What's your thoughts on artist debts? Uh, you know, of course, it's unfortunate. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think a lot of this stuff is preventable, though. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's like a double-edged sword with it because mm-hmm. you know there's another perspective that could be like but when it's your time it's your time right you see what i'm saying so it's like i think it could be prevented in the ways that we move mm-hmm. you know um i don't necessarily believe that people should censor they art you feel me but you definitely have to be mindful and responsible like okay if this the energy i'm putting out then you can't be shocked 
are when they come back. When they come back, you feel me? Because there's there's a, a myth I feel when they say rap is the most dangerous job. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe that personally because it's like for one, that takes away from people that's really doing some dangerous shit, like putting their life on the line. Right. But secondly, it's like, you know, it's power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. So you have the ability to create the reality you want and you overlooking the thousands and however many artists and some of the top successful artists that never had to deal with what these other artists going to do because they're Great. not trying to. It's like a lot of people putting themselves in situations to be accepted, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier. Yeah. And it's like it'll cost your whole life. Mm-hmm. You dig? Instead of just like, again, creating that that environment that's preventing mm-hmm. these situations. I get what you're saying. I, um, I, ba- I basically like put it towards like, like, like you said, power of the tongue. Basically, like the music you kind of make and energy you put out. Like if you're rapping like about certain street stuff and ops and shit like that, I think that type of energy and you in real life, real life situations. But you just a rapper, of course. Of course, you have your things on the side and your what goes on in the street life. It's real life stuff that you you just basically a rapper who got famous, but before that you was just a street dude mm-hmm. on the streets and you had situations before that. But it's just unfortunate that it keeps happening like back to back to back and it's like hitting the hip-hop community and everybody questions is when will it stop and nobody knows and what could help it yeah um on from that we have i want to touch on drake one more time because the her lost album came out with 21 savage and a lyric in there was 500 million just for aubrey he was talking about bad bunny numbers, but it was rumored that Drake um sold some of uh, music music rights mm. for five hundred million dollars. Is that a fair number for your number one artist that you picked in your top? Five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know, we know Drake is worth way more than that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know his reasons for doing it, but you Shit, know, I know his reason. Five hundred million. <laughs> That's crazy. Man, yeah, I feel that, but you never know because, like, long term, he probably could have made more than 500 million, definitely. You but what I, saying? definitely for sure, I'm, I'm sure the label gonna collect more than that, yeah. um, through the life. But once again, he ain't gonna live that long, yeah. <laughs> probably. But right, right. Wayne also sold his, yeah. his, um, his and Young Money Master, I believe, right? Yeah, I was disappointed when I first seen that. Yeah, what was it, 200 or 100 million? I, I think it was 100 million. Let me um check it to be sure, but yeah. what were your thoughts on that? Like, you know, at first, I'm like, bro, you just worked on getting out your deal with cash money. All right. You see what I'm saying? And uh, I just, I believe in ownership at the end of the day. Right. So it just was one of them things like, man, you had Nicki under Young Money. You got Drake under Young Money. And I felt like 100 was a low ball. Yeah, he sold Drake and Nicki catalogs for 100 million. Yeah, like that's a low ball. You feel me? To me. But at the end of the day, I never know what their reasons are, what their financial situation is looking like. You know what I'm saying? So if it worked for him, then that's what's up. But that was my original thought when I seen it. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, That was Drake, Nicki, and Tiger. And, and people his. be sleeping on Tiger, dog. Shit, they always say I Drake and Nicki, but Tiger really held his weight. That's really, that's really crazy. Tiger was my favorite artist like, for a, a well, long time. Well bro. done. He used to go hard for the That shit was crazy. That nigga got, he got some streaming numbers, bro, especially yeah. from Rag City. But yeah, I think $100 million was definitely low. 
Like, especially seeing Drake for 500. And, and it's not just Wayne's. Right. He's on his right. <laughs> Drake for 100. I don't know. That, that just had to be a financial move for me. Like, yeah. for that, Universal probably had to be like, oh, we know what you're going to do right now. Right. We're going to give you 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, also, Taylor Swift, Scooter Brian, you familiar with this situation? No, what's going on? Um, Scooter, well, she, she, he is... He is her manager, right? Was. Okay. And he um bought her, well, he owned her catalog, her music catalog. And I believe he sold hers, I think it was like $300 million, um mm. to another um company. I say allegedly, I don't want none of the, nobody to see me. He's <laughs> <You> spreading <laughs> but, false information. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he sold hers to a um, big company for like $300 million, And she was, they went, they went on their back and forth thing, but. He was like, I own this. This is mine. I get to sell it. She was kind of angry because she wanted to buy it back, but mm. she couldn't afford it at the number that he sold it for. So he sold it to somebody else. And her thing was she's in a process or she is now like re-recording all that music that he sold. So everybody can listen to her version other than the other versions that are already on Apple. But she also is going to put hers on Apple, mm. but they just want to click. She Once they click on her new version. Right. The money's gonna go to her. So, how do you feel about all this doing that? Re recording music. Ashante's doing that yeah, as well. Ashante's doing that. Prince did it too. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like the music don't hit the same. That's crazy. I feel the same way. It don't hit the same. Sadly, like, especially yeah. classics. Like, if I hear like Ashante remix Foolish, like right. do it a different way, like, see my days are coming. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can't like reinvent that, <laughs> like, really energy. Can't. Like, that's yeah. crazy to me. Like, but three hundred million, you think that's fair for Taylor Swift? Her catalog. Let me double check that too, because I don't want to misspeak. Because it probably <laughs> yeah. was Mo. Uh, that's like, sound about right, but I mean, I ain't really too familiar with her, with her hits and all that. You know, what I I'm know saying? she got hits. She got hits. <laughs> you know, Taylor Swift catalog. But they ain't really hits to what they impact in our community, right? You know yeah, what I'm saying? And we so, don't feel the same because we not exactly. searching for that, but. On her fan base, right. they feeling it. Uh, so that's why I can't really speak on it. But I know for sure, a hundred mil is too too low for Drake, Nicki, Wayne, and Tyler. God, <laughs> Especially damn. when I hear Taylor got three hundred. Right. Oh no. Shit, if you do a breakdown of that, that's like twenty five a piece. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that is. That's four people, twenty five piece. And I, I I mess with some Tiger, but Tiger. Right, but it could have, but it could have been. Look, it could have been Drake. Uh, what? Twenty five. It right. could have been Nikki. Twenty five. Wayne forty and Tiger ten. <laughs> so like that's that. cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> man, that's how it is. That was the food chain in Young Money, though. That's how. It was. That was the big ballers in Young Money. Right, you right. Um. Well. Oh yeah. Scooter Brian sold just for over three hundred million. So yes, and he said. Her stuff from 2006 to 2017 was worth one for. Um, would you ever feel the music you recorded before you you re-recorded? Is is that something you will ever think about? Something, especially Dear Diary. Man, well, yeah, I have thought of that. I, lie, I have, cause I like, man. But sometimes Some good like, music, I gotta do that. But I ain't gonna lie, like coming into this year, my hard drive crashed. I had so many songs on my shit, right? So, I mean. Man, I can't even count. Real talk. I be but talking it was, to artists. They be like, I got 300 unreleased yeah. songs. Was, like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot, though. But I was thinking about 
a strategic way of putting them out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, Spiller is somebody that I studied his strategy. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I wanted to make sure I could drop an EP just like every quarter. So I'm thinking like two, three, four, five years down the line to where I already had these projects ready. You know what I'm saying? So I really came into this year with no music, mm-hmm. right? But now I got at least 10 projects worth of material that I could just release. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um but yeah, matter of fact, I want to say this too, because mm-hmm. somebody told me on my last, there's somebody that's an avid supporter, like we okay. never met in person, but they watch an interview I did. They say, man, you never mentioned Forever Rock, right? And that's my first radio Okay, uh, that's song we were playing. Yeah, oh, we exactly. Gonna play it. So, you know, um, that that's something I got to shout out to my coach, Devious, you know what I'm saying? He a pioneer in the hip hop. New Orleans hip hop uh, community, you feel me? Okay. And uh, yeah, I just had to throw that out there one time. Shout out to Devious, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So why why don't you never mention? Well, honestly, I was just in the conversation. Like mm-hmm. sometimes stuff be happening, and I don't mm-hmm. even be realized. Like, oh yeah, I did do this. I did do that. You feel me? <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta promote this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that came about. Okay. Um, with with dealing with music. Um, and all the things that go around music. What is the best thing about being an artist? Uh, for me, it's being able to creatively express yourself. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, if it wasn't for that, bro, like the music, I definitely feel like I'd be in one of, one or two of them positions that my friends are in right now. Because okay. I'm no different from them. It's just I chose a different path. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But I think that's the best thing. Like, we have an opportunity to use our imagination to create something in the physical world. Mm-hmm. You feel me? It's still like intangible. The music is intangible. You can't touch the music, but you can still make an impact on the physical world. Right. So to me, yeah, that's the, that's the most important. What's the uh, worst thing about being an artist? Um, <laughs> the expectations, mm-hmm. having the expectation of uh unrealistic, I should say, mm-hmm. right. When you're not managing, your expectations and just like, man, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then when it don't happen, you can fall into those depressive states. Oh, so self-expectations. Yeah, like, right. you know what I mean? So you could be too hard on yourself sometimes as an artist mm-hmm. and instead of just allowing the process to just flow. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like the worst thing. Okay. Um, what what um we talked you um mentioned this before the um off camera. About the labels, of course, not at GDP. So I'm going to ask you this because yeah. it seemed like something you wanted to get into. The um top label, top music labels in the industry right now, and who do you think they are, and why do you think they are successful at the moment? Okay, yeah, uh, I say Cash Money mm-hmm. is is like the number one hip hop label of Ever? all time. Okay, you know what I'm saying because they just impact wise. They changed the game. Mm-hmm. Got everybody on that bling bling shit. Okay. You feel me? And uh, the longevity, like they transcended errors. You know what I'm saying? That's that. So, them, uh, who's another, uh, another label? Are you, are you counting like, like Interscope and Atlantic? Are you counting like the labels like that are under them? Because we know Cash Money is. Right. Under Universal. Universal. So yeah. you kind of like Rock Nation and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because powerhouse-wise, if we talk about the, the, the conglomerates like Warner, mm-hmm. um, Sony. Yeah, and, that's it. I yeah. guess we ain't talking about yeah, that. Yeah, we ain't talking about because that. Because the artists and the labels right. that 
are basically known or under them. Underneath it's like them. A, yeah. Right. What were um what was the label? Dre, Eminem, and Fifty and the game. What was that? Yeah, so I think that's Universal because if I'm not mistaken, uh, Interscope is under the Universal. If I'm not mistaken, they didn't have fact, no name though. Let's fact fact check that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Universal. well, Death Row was un, like basically partnered with Interscope. You know what I'm saying? No, what was Dre label name? Aftermath. Row? Aftermath. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. All right. Yeah. At, let me see. Uh-huh. Top labels. Give you some recommendations while you. Thinking top labels. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna say Aftermath too because Aftermath definitely they had Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Bad Boy. I, I won't count. Like them? You don't like Bad Boy? I don't like them. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I don't think I won't count Bad Boy. Bad Boy, all right. Um, yeah. Let's see what what else we got. Because Aftermath had Fifty, they right. had M, they have Kendrick. Like they have a, a a big portion of it too. So I'm gonna say them Cash Money. Kendrick was a part of Aftermath, huh? Mm-hmm. When he first started, he went to TDE after. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't like Rock Nation? I rock with Rock Nation due to J, but mm-hmm. to me, they ain't got no real strong roster. They had um, Ye, Rihanna. I look at that as Rockefeller. Rockefeller? Yeah. Rihanna? She Rock Nation. She wasn't Rockefeller. Yeah, Rihanna but she, but she and, been and J. Cole. on a hiatus, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I that ain't enough, huh? That ain't enough. Two people. <laughs> I say Motown, though. Definitely, Motown's still around though. Yeah, you know, they get new. Um, Migos part QC now. Yeah, they Migos are part of Motown. But just even before them, just the historical soul and R and B and all that, like they really shaped the culture. Okay. So that's like three or four right there. What about QC? They new? Uh, not yet for me, but they not do yet. anything. Okay, um, they got. I'm looking at. They got 300 Entertainment. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Let me see. Let me look up some more. Hold up. Give me a chance. Cash money. Mm-hmm. Damn, I really don't know too many labels. Well, I know them, but I got to know the names. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't really that many that, that had them big impacts like that long term. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That's why I said cash money, Motown, Aftermath. So, you basically just wanted to say cash money, number one. Yeah, they know what you are. That's what I have to say. That's it. That's it. But look, it's crazy because Pete, right? Like Pete, that's that's uh-huh. one of my biggest inspirations. We come from the same side of the project, all that. And I just met him. Mm-hmm. Like we just had a chance to meet, and he embraced me. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it really felt like a passing of the torch when I met him. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But uh, like without Pete, I feel Cash Money wouldn't have really had right. that because it's like Pete put New Orleans on the map nationally, mm-hmm. and Cash Money followed Follow that up right after, and just kept it going. Why you think Cash Money and No Limit didn't make music, bro? Yeah, you know it was street stuff, cold blooded. Yeah, it was I just stuff. saw um, mystical um, on Vlad TV said, uh, "Was it? I think it was a Turk, one of them." Yeah, he, he said, "I don't think they going." Oh, Turk, it was Turk. He said because they met at the BET Awards or some shit. He, uh, Birdman, he said they, they had their little stand up. He said Pete, and he said. I don't think they never go um like make music yeah. together, and yeah. that I think that come down to New Orleans street politics. Yeah, but I heard it on the other side too, like mm-hmm. you know where they actually had a relationship at one point. It mm-hmm. just never, you know, uh, materialized into music. So, yeah, I don't think it's needed at this point. Yeah, no, it is yeah everybody passed their prime, so <laughs> yeah, uh, they all business owner now. They're not artists no more. So, yeah. 
Um, Master P has everything. Noodles. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar. Flour. That's something you want. Everything. This thing got chips. Um, and I saw him recently say, if you want to be um on a rap snacks, because people ain't will promote his stuff, some of the artists on there. Yeah. He say, all y'all who's on a rap snacks, I don't need y'all on there. I just need the people who go promote it. You see that? I see that. He was like, yeah, for all you artists who want, who um on the rap snacks, but don't never say nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking y'all off. Pete, look. Make sure you put me on the rap snacks. I, 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 I promote it. Yeah. What flavor you are, brother? Damn, that's a good question. Yeah. Damn. I need some like jalapeno, uh, Give me jalapeno honey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to get into a couple <laughs> questions about outside of music. This yeah. uh jalapeno honey. Yeah. I might go drop that in the air fryer right quick. All right. I want to get into some questions outside of music. Let's do it. This about some relationships debate. Are you single? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what you imagine back there, bro? I'm about to get a camera on you back there, bro. He got his manager in the back, y'all. Right. Uh, to be decided. You can ask me anything though. To be bro. determined. We're gonna yeah. we gonna see that. All right, so boom. Your boo has been active on social media all day, but has yet to respond to any of your texts. Is this is this acceptable? Explain. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you went through this before, bro. Yeah, I mean I've been going through it like yeah. you know, they be Oh, so you could be posting this and that. Uh, <laughs> it comes I, it, down it, to priority. Yeah, it comes down to priority. <laughs> Definitely. I think it's acceptable, dog, because at the end of the day, it's like the text message, mm-hmm. it could take a lot of energy because you're trying to talk what you're doing, this and that, that, and this. <laughs> but me posting on social media, Quick. if you're on there for a reason, because mm-hmm. I be on there actually networking, you know what yep. I'm saying? Um, So it's acceptable in my book. Okay, that makes sense to me as well. I be posting ass shots and all that, and I ain't getting no text back. Come on, man. <laughs> um, another question. Could you date a girls with an OnlyFans? Yeah, I had an OnlyFans. Me and a young lady that I was dating one time. It's not even a question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead and finish, brother. But you know me, I'm an ultimate hustler. You Straight know what I'm saying? Hold up. Now, you say you dated a girl, y'all had an OnlyFans? For was sure. it sexual? It wasn't. All right, what was it? So, we actually still got the link. We not together no more. So if y'all wanna go see, how go much see. was it? But nah, man. Uh, how much was it? It was sixty nine, six dollars and nine cents to subscribe. Oh, sixty nine, boy! Yeah. I thought you about to say sixty nine dollars. <laughs> but we had some subscribers, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And I put on game with that because I'm like, man, you posting the bikini pictures and stuff like that. You're a very attractive young lady. <laughs> Might as well let's do it. So it was just you know simple stuff. So you were really did a girl with a um sexuals only fans. With a sexual one, um. Probably not. That one, bro. Man, you good? Man, probably not. No, why? Uh, Don't make no girls mad who got only fans. Nah, look, I. All right, date them. If we talking about dating, going out, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, we can go out together. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm wife of you, nah, no. I can't do that. All right. Um, <laughs> now they got um big topics of right now that. Submissiveness on social media. I know you probably seen it run yeah. across a couple people talking about submissiveness. Uh-huh. What does submissiveness mean to you in a relationship? Uh, I, I look at it as just being willing to defer sometimes. Mm. Like, you don't always have to be in control. That's a good way. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I've had women who, you know, they was very strong-minded women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they was also willing to allow me to express myself and 
take lead in certain situations. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a balance because sometimes, like, you know, I might not be well-versed on a certain situation, but my lady is. So I defer to her, like, mm-hmm. all right, you might be stronger on, I'm going to just say finances as an example. All right. So instead of me trying to be the person that, man, I need to do kind of man. Yeah, like, nah, I defer to you and allow you to take the lead on that. So that's how I look at it. That makes sense. That was one of the best definitions I heard of that. Um, let me look for a couple more for you. For what, sure. Uh, what, which one, what things you lean into on relationship debate? That make me better pick a good question. Lean into? Yeah. Uh, man, I know this might sound vague, but it, to me, it's about the vibe. Okay. And I look for consideration. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, is the woman considerate? Because, you know, a lot of times people say communication is yeah, key. Yeah, a lot of people be one-sided. Yeah. All right, so... um. Your significant other wants to spice things up in the bedroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> you agree. During sex, they ask for you to use a dildo on them, would you? Can't fuck with it. Can't fuck with it. But I would say we've used toys before, like women that I've been with. Mm-hmm. Like they introduce vibrators, you know what I'm saying? Butt, butt plugs. Yeah, all that type of stuff. So if that's what they if that's what helped them reach the goal, you dig? I'm down for it, but I'm not breaking no extra dick in the room. No, we straight. <laughs> we straight. Once again, that question ain't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Man. I ain't tripping, but yeah, niggas, I'm adding my own to the end. Look, it's all real, dude. Uh, y'all heard that here first, man. He ain't <laughs> add no shit. Don't bring no extra shit in the oh, bedroom. God, God. All right, let's get this one. You're dating a new person, and the oral sex is horrible. How would you teach them to do it right? Or can you teach them? I don't know if it's teachable. You know what I'm saying? Um, I really stopped talking to a chick one time because of that. Damn, like, was it consistent? Or did you give her a chance? That was one time. You didn't it give her a chance? I didn't give her a chance, bro. I probably had an off day. <laughs> Girl, I probably had an off day. Damn. I give her a chance. You know what? I'm going to keep it real. It should be patience there. You feel me? No, not patience. No, no it should be patience. Get a chance. It, right. That's patience. If <laughs> right, you give her right. a chance, you give her a little patience. But I don't know. I think for her, I just wasn't really even feeling her like that anyway. That's why I give her that's another why. chance. If you, you know if you would have really liked her, you would have been like, all yeah. right, I'm, I'm going to give you another right. shot. Take your time, baby. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> what was the worst sexual experience you had? Oh, man. Uh, the worst... Like, I had a chick that I really wanted at one time. You know what I'm saying? So you didn't. And it was just like, no, no. I still wanted it in that moment. <laughs> oh. You feel me? But, like, I ain't really punishing how I wanted to. You feel me? <laughs> so it's like, by me not punishing it, you feel me? It was uh-huh. like, damn, I didn't let myself down in this bitch. You know? <laughs> so that was the worst. It never was really on the woman. Because I look okay. at it like, it's my job to please at the okay. end of the day. So I'm going to ask the woman what she want, like how you want to be pleased. Okay. So I look at it for myself. But it'd be crazy because it'd be like, boy, what? Such and such. Like, they they have their own interpretation of how the experience went. But for me, I'd be like, nah, I ain't even going how I want to. You see what I'm saying? Why you did your thing? Who yeah. beat shit, baby? Nah, I had right. another 40. Yeah, you did. Fuck, I let you down. <laughs> Damn. Nah. Yeah, real tough. All right, now, uh, in this social media day age, mm-hmm. how what is the best way to approach a woman? Is it on the internet, in person? Always in person. Okay. Always in person. Like, for me, I rarely follow women who I don't, no, who I haven't met in person. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like, they could probably see your personality, 
online, mm-hmm. but you never gonna really know till you be around somebody observing them. You feel what me? What if they um, following you for your music? So that's why I say I started making an adjustment to mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I'll follow you, but it has to be something that's engaging for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I ain't just putting no anything on my timeline just because you look good. You feel right. me? Right, makes like, sense. So that's how I look at it. Like, how, how I do it, like if somebody's like one of my um videos of like a podcast video and mm-hmm. they follow me after... I'll probably follow them. Mm-hmm. But if you just, I don't know. I don't even want to say that. But if you got like some content or something on your page or something creative or you got like a business or something, I'll probably follow you. Exactly. But if you're a stranger, you just got pictures, it's most likely I'm not following you. Right. Or something like that. All right. One more. For real, one more. One more. <laughs> you can look through my followers. It's all rappers <laughs> and other creators. You getting married and you're... And you present your significant other with a prenup. They refuse to sign. What happens? Mm. So think about it, bro. You got your record deal with Universal. Right. They didn't give you 25 M's. Right. But you've been with your girl for about a year and a half. Yeah. But you propose two months before the wedding. Baby, here to go to prenup. No, baby, I'm not signing that. Get the hell out of here. What's your what you saying? Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. No more. <laughs> yeah, I said, but yeah, on the real though, it's only one woman, one woman in, on this earth that I allow to not have a prenup with. Because she was there from mm-hmm. the beginning, like, you know what I'm saying? Helping me sell CDs. Okay. You feel me? Like coming to me, coming with me to shows and things of that nature is like even coming to me with ideas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, she the only person that I would, uh, like, give a pass to. I'll say the only, bro. You she might is. need somebody. She the only one. So ain't no new person can just... No. Damn. You got to yeah. put in them years in them hours and gotcha. sweat, huh? For sure. All right, man. <laughs> Any last words for the people, bro? Yeah, man. Uh, again, great habits, great heights. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's coming out. You know we about to make history. Shout out to Pete. <laughs> Thousand record. copies. Yeah, one week. We about to hit billboards. That's really the most important thing. Um, you know, eat less water. Make sure you hydrate yourself. Everlasting joy. You know, um, and in terms of the websites, you can pre-order the project at Vakuland. That's V-A-K-U-L-A-N-D dot com. Uh, black, black size, great habits. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then uh, get the water at eatlesswater.com. Her now. Yo, he said a thousand copies, but he showed me the pre-order before the uh, camera. He already got a thousand, so he not. He's like, I'm fucking with y'all. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, man, this is the Tay Vizzles Podcast. Another um instant classic on the way. No, um, timeless. It's not classic. Ti- timeless. timeless. Yeah. Timeless classic. You got... um You um. I should have asked you this before the interview. Yeah. I don't like putting people on the spot. Really? Yeah. You want to um provide some bars for the people or something like that? If oh, you it don't matter. I do right. right now. It don't matter, man. Yeah, to I me, you it. want what you want to do? You want a beat? You want acapella? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the acapella so they can hear what I'm saying. Heard. You know what I mean? Turn him up. <laughs> you want a beat or acapella? Whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> Whenever you're ready, bro. I'm ready right now. So listen, mm. if today was my last day. On earth, I proceed to get my wife pregnant. Rebirth. Then I handwrite a special letter with these words. Find your purpose, then manifest it. Next, I use my money to invest in some cash flowing real estate assets to assure that my family will never stress. 
about anything from the financial aspect. After that, I'm going to roll me up a fat joint, sip some cold wine so I can keep my nerves calm. Then I'm going to book the biggest venue in the N.O. so that my whole town can see me do my last show. Then I'm going to go to different high schools and give lectures, tell them that life is the teacher with the greatest lesson. Yeah, you may bump your head sometimes as an adolescent, but keep swimming. Don't dwell on your transgressions. During my last 24 hours, before my time and expire, I give it all that I have to get everything I desire. Then I'm going to give it all back to my community and hope that God forgive me for my impurities. L.A. L.A. and Tay, bro. What um what, what that um poem was named? What that poem was named? It is a rap, but what that poem was named? I know that was no a poem. poem. That's no not, poem. A poem. not a poem. That definitely oh, sounds like a poem. <laughs> Once again, y'all, T Vizzle Podcast, LA. I'ma name that poem. He said when the poem, but I'ma name it that. And we out. You did. Love. <laughs>